Climbers, you want that record deal. You want to hear your song on the radio. We all want to hear our song on the radio. I get it. But be careful what you ask God for. We are going to talk about some pretty disturbing new information on the future of terrestrial radio. So you're going to want to hear about this. Industry pros, you better listen to. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the time. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business because leverage is how you're going to get what you want. That's the key to working with the people that are going to take you to the next level. It's not about your talent, it's about your audience. It's not about your talent, it's about your business. And that's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a Baxter room from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple uh, recent, you know, last couple years, number ones in Southern Gospel, top 10 in Australia. Just found out you got three more cuts in Southern Gospel coming down the pipe, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Congrats on that. That's fun. Thank you. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then when you're ready, when your machine is working, when you're firing on all pistons, he gives you opportunities to create relationships with the pros that do, in fact, come to fruition for the people who are ready. Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of relationships that have been made. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but he's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, and Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S. There's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How's it going? I'm ready to be disturbed. You ready to be disturbed? I'm ready to be disturbed. I've had it too good for too long. I have a feeling somebody moved my cheese and I want to go find it. I'll tell you, the cheese is moving. <laughs> and of course, nobody knows the future future of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm really concerned. I think this conversation is going to move from declining radio audiences mm -hmm. to just radio isn't there yeah. sooner then later. And that's a problem. You know, that's a problem for the music industry because, well, we're going to get into yeah. it, man. I mean, I, I want everybody to kind of understand the psychological impact of this, of your heroes, of the people you want to work with, of the executives that you think can change your life yeah. and why these are brilliant people. This business was made by people who are masters at, mm -hmm. at what they do, but looking, staring down the barrel of being Y2K'd for lack of a better word of your main promotion yeah. tactic just being eliminated yeah it's not fun and think about your identity right our identities are attached to that so we're going to dive into this and just talk about that there's a report from billboard we're going to go over or an article from billboard about 
the company Odyssey, who bought all CBS radio assets in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to look at some other consumption stuff that I'm going to share with you. That's that's pretty crazy. But our job here is to make sure that you succeed. You know, this podcast exists because we want you to win. Yep. And if you are in the back seat because you're like super talented and you just skyrocketed up to working with the level of people at the top end of the music industry, mm-hmm. you need to get out of the back seat and get into the driver's seat. Yes. And start dictating how that your business is going to be run because I just want you to know where the bodies are buried on this one. And it's increasing. <laughs> we don't want your body to be one of the ones buried. And we don't want your body to be on my phone. That's <laughs> right. right. So before we do that, let's take care of a little business. Yes. Let's get to, uh, we want you to uh, join the climb community on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in unless, and by the way, I mean, maybe there's somebody that's going to fall through the cracks on this. Mm-hmm. But when I look at a Facebook, somebody who was requesting to come in and they just joined Facebook two weeks ago, I just decline it. I just feel like that's a bot. Mm. I don't know of anybody who like just is finally like a laggard who's finally like, well, I better check out this Facebook thing. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think if you're not on Facebook, it's for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so to me, that looks like a bot. That looks like BS. And if that's different, if you just joined Facebook and you're like, hey, Johnny, I'm not trying to sell anything. I really want to be a part of the client community. But I just opened up my Facebook account a couple days ago, then I'll let you in, but you're going to have to DM me or something because it just, it stinks on ice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, you got to be good boys and girls when you're in there, man, put stuff that's for the whole community in the feed Mm. can be comedy, can be articles, information, what you're doing with your career is not for the feed. That's for the posts. We want to hear about that. Unless it's a question or, Hey, I tried this and it worked awesome. Want to share this. That is golden. There you go. We love that. There you go. That's right. That's right. Good point. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying mm-hmm. that. So the thing is, Mondays is is new yeah, music, music Monday, Monday, right? So if you if drop something, man, put that in there and drop it in the comments. Drop it in the comments. And we got Wednesday mm-hmm. wins we, or new, new heights on Wednesday. We call it Wednesday wins, and we got boatloads of people there Thursdays. So you can put your gigs yep, in there. Alert. And we want to hear about your wins on Wednesday, and we like to share them on the podcast so what's happening with our beloved climbers this week yes let's see new heights every wednesday drop your wins in the comments that way we know where to go to celebrate and where the party is let's see here not just two we have uh shay lynn who looks released a new song looks like let me click on this little button here's i think it's called yeah this moment so she has a new release out on digital streaming so congrats shay we have, let's see, Braden Berry said, got a second listen from a publisher with one of my songs, Slow and Steady Wins the Race, and about to become a pro member. So, ooh, yes, love that. So, good job, Braden. Let's see here. Koi Comer, I believe is how you pronounce the last name, Koi, started a residency at Cedar Point on Friday. Also wrote two new songs, Getting Good Feedback. So, that's fun. Uh we got more than we get to here, but uh, we'll just go with this one. Billy Alford says, got a hundred and 183,000 views on a reel I made last week on Instagram. So nice. Nice. Yes. So a lot of good stuff going on, more than we have time to share here. If you want to see what other wins are, then go to New Heights. It's in the client community. You can search for it, hashtag New Heights, 
or you can just look for you can post it on any day you can add a comment any day you don't only have if you miss wednesday it's all right go in on thursday add one we'll see it and we want to see it and that's where you're going to get the love and support that is yeah if you if you post it outside of that you get the swayze and if you're trying to sell something like siding or mm -hmm. floor cleaner or some stupid products on Shopify, get out. <laughs> get get out. out. That's all we have to say. Which was funny because someone the other day, <laughs> someone the other day uh, tagged me and was like, you know what to do. And it was a picture of Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse in the comments. Somebody selling yeah, yeah. something that was not even, not even music related. So yeah, I, I was like, like come on, gone. Come so on. anyway, so, yeah, you're gone. You're so I appreciate y'all calling done. people out and using the Swayze stuff because that, that makes me smile instead of being annoyed with them. I still yep. roadhouse them, but it, it makes me enjoy the process even more. I know it's actually entertaining. Yeah. I appreciate that too. I've seen that Patrick Swayze thing a couple of times. I like that a lot. It makes me laugh while I'm going click. It goodbye. does. It, you're it, banned. It does. <laughs> and, and we ban them. You ban them when oh, you're yeah. deleting. Oh them, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And it's, it's fun because our dear climbers, y'all turn a bug into a feature. Yeah. You turn annoying people into like, Oh, that's entertaining. Thank you. <laughs> so good job y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i think i think uh we need to add um you know josh roy just releases his third release it's called three days in mexico three days in yeah. mexico and the hook is getting over you ain't as hard as it seems here's a, what i'm gonna do is as easy as one two three one one senorita two for one margaritas three days in mexico uh, yeah. adios baby <laughs> yeah. adios so i think we just had to take that last line like I got I to gotta sample that. Put that, put that in that there. In there. Like, <laughs> adios. Do you have a message for the dearly departed? Yes, adios. I feel like that's better than na 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 Oh, that's pretty classic. Hey, hey, hey goodbye. <laughs> so, hey, guys, yeah, follow the podcast or subscribe to it wherever you consume podcasts and tell a friend about it. I love it when people invite people to the climb community, by the way. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. And listen, you guys are getting something out of this. We're trying to spread the word here. Yep. We want you to know, we, we just are constantly running into people. I just got an incredible email that I did not ask permission to share, so I'm not going to share it, but from somebody I, I shared yes. with friend, of course, but it was just- It was awesome. Yeah, awesome email. Like, hey, man, it was, I just had my first release coming out, and it's, I've been listening to the podcast now for a couple of years, and thank you for everything that you've done, and I, just, I love that. You know, it makes my whole, my whole mm -hmm. month. Oh, so. and quick announcement before we get to your thing, October 23rd. Oh, yeah. October 23rd, we have the first climb takeover at Live Oak. Live Oak is on Demumbering Hill, so it's the near the roundabout, the hillbilly porn statue on the roundabout on Music Row. So, <laughs> the yes, the roundabout is what I like to call it. Why haven't I heard of that before? <laughs> I, I made it up. I'm trying to get to stick. I'm trying to make fetch happen. But anyway, it's the roundabout. And uh, anyway, the climb is taking over the Riders' Night at Live Oak on Monday, October 23rd. They'll have a live band from 6 to 7, and then we're going to fill it up from 7 to 11 with friends of the show, climbers, hit songwriters who are also friends of the show, that kind of stuff. So if you're thinking about coming to Nashville, come to Nashville on October 23rd. Come on out to Live Oak. We want to see you. We want to hug your neck. We want to get a picture with you. All that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Come and yes, hang out. Come and hang out. Come and October twenty third from seven to eleven. Get there at six. Get there early so we have time to chat. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. All right. Awesome. So let's get into this here. This whole you know be in my bonnet, mm -hmm. if you will, started when I read a billboard article on a company called Odyssey. 
A-U-D-A-C-Y. And Odyssey is the company that purchased CBS radio, all the CBS radio assets in 2016. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but uh, there's so much rhetoric out there. It's almost like politics now, right? The disbelief, okay? Yeah. Where people want to believe something so much, it's like that they're willing to forego all logic, right? Mm -hmm. And craft a narrative in their head to support what they want to believe. Yes. And I get that. It's like radio people, people like I know people who own radio stations, like the mom and pop Mm -hmm. chain of stations kind of thing. And they are telling themselves that people are always going to need terrestrial radio for local news Mm -hmm. and weather and traffic. And I'm like, I've got six apps for that on page one in my iPhone. Mm -hmm. And I never listen to the radio for that. Yeah, I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait for it to come on. Go, I hope they give the traffic yeah. report. Oh, I missed about five minutes. I don't know what I'm heading into. No, you just hit the... How about that? It's on demand. Like, I can tell which route to take into work by looking at my GPS. Yeah. <laughs> by looking at Google Maps or looking at Waze, and it's going to tell me, like, oh, don't take 65 today. You're going to want to go up Franklin because... Yeah, whatever. It's backed up. And, yeah, you're right. And, you know, when I look at that, when I'm on my way to the 65. So it's not about, I'm not going to pull over and wait for the, for the report to come on. That's a really good point. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> right. But guys, this is their identity. This is their legacy. Mm-hmm. It's the dent they've made in the universe. It's, it's everything they've done. They are literally heavily invested in radio, in terrestrial radio. Yeah. And not only like emotionally and financially, but like spiritually, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, it's what they've done. It's their contribution to society. And it's a big contribution. Oh, yeah. And it's an important contribution, but they can't look at it's over. And on the when you're looking at executives at record labels, these the major labels are all built on relationships with terrestrial radio. Mm-hmm. And, and so many of those executives are producers or hit producers or hit songwriters that are also like senior VP of A&R at this label. And that's their identity too. Yeah. Right. Like they don't want, and, and they're still making money at it, by the way, mm-hmm. because you have to look at the reality of a couple things here with radio. Number one, when you, whatever the dominant music genre is in the country, most, the vast majority of the radio stations are, their formats are going to be that genre, yeah. right? So in the 80s and the 90s, it was rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So most of the P1 radio stations, the primary market radio stations, were playing rock and roll, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's country. It's not rock and roll. And so guess what? It cost a million dollars to promote a single on P1 radio in the 80s and the 90s with rock and roll. And guess how much it costs to promote a single on P1 Radio for Country right now? $1 million because it's the majority of the stations, Mm -hmm. right? So the cost to promote that song has not changed. And by the way, neither have the payouts, right? Mm -hmm. Like the amount of money in publishing that is generated per spin hasn't changed either, Mm -hmm. right? And in fact, it might have gone up, right? It's at 12 cents now, is that right? Well, that's mechanical stuff. That's mechanical, which is a different, which is a different beast. Okay. That's sales and that kind of stuff. So, your performance monies and your PROs—that's a function of the licensing that comes into, say, like ASCAP. You know, they license all these radio stations, the licensing fees, and then they divvy it up based on how many spins ASCAP riders are getting. Then they divvy that up. 
Colonel Sanders no, secret no. thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's how that's how performance. No, well, labels, then, okay, then why do well radio, labels don't get paid no. off? No, hold on. Spins anyway. Radio stations have to report what they're spinning. Yes, they do. Right. So who cares what they're spinning if they're just getting a blanket license? Because that that determines well chart position, which labels like. But labels don't get paid off radio spins, right? Unless they own the publishing on the writer on the song, right? So labels don't get, that's just promo for them, right? Right, well, well hold on, no, no, I, I get that, but I, so, mm -hmm. okay, okay, good distinction there. So what I'm saying is that the radio stations play, or pay per spin. Two publishers. Two publishers. And, you know, who yes. also pay the writers, yes. And, and, and so I'm not saying who gets the money, but I'm saying like the, what the payout has not changed. Right, you still make right? good money. Generally, you'd still make good. Yeah, you may. That's where the that's where the money is. There you go. So today you get a number one, and let's say now, granted, a number one's making less money than it did twenty years ago because it's they're skyrocketing up to number mm -hmm. one a lot faster, right? So it takes a lot less spins to get to number one in twenty twenty three than it did in two thousand. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, probably so. Yeah, but. When the checks look the same from the number one, it feels like, okay, we're still there. Mm -hmm. But what's changed is the listenership. So when you think about CBS, Columbia Broadcasting System, you know the network, you know what this is. That company started in 1927. That was before Hello TV was invented. Yeah. So CBS television broadcasting did not exist. What was it? It was radio. And for a century, they owned at least one third of all the P1 radio stations in the United States. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking hardware guys. We're talking brick and mortar buildings, right? With the FCC licenses that they got to pay to broadcast and all the staff. And these are major, major, major broadcasting. This is a huge, huge industry, right? Mm -hmm. And, it's the cornerstone of CBS. And in 2016, they saw the writing on the wall and sold all of their radio assets to a company called Odyssey. All right. Mm -hmm. Here's the article from Billboard on Odyssey. This is July 12th. This came out in Billboard. Odyssey starts talks with lenders to restructure the debt. The company warned in May that its forecasted revenue is unlikely to be sufficient to maintain compliance with its debt covenants. Radio broadcaster Odyssey has begun talks with its lenders to restructure the company debt as soft advertising market clouds its long-term outlook. By soft advertising here, let's just break that down for a second. You know, when we go into a recession, the first thing that gets cut is advertising budgets, for sure, mm -hmm. across the board. So when I hear soft advertising, Brent, you tell me what you think about this. To me, it sounds like a temporary thing, like it's soft. And then when the economy picks back up, there's going to be more advertising dollars mm -hmm. spent in general and everything's going to rebound. But the soft advertising market, I don't think, is what's clouding the long term outlook. Right. I just don't think as many listeners. OK, right. And you know how advertisers know that because they're not getting the same ROI on the advertising dollars spent on radio that they are elsewhere, mm -hmm. like on digital, right? Right. So the discussions first reported by the Wall Street Journal follow the May 10 statement by Chairman President David Field during the company's first quarter earnings that Odyssey was finalizing its preparation to commence discussion with its lenders to explore the financing strategies to manage its debt load, right? So Odyssey paid a premium price for like literally one third of the radio broadcasting 
network in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I believe that a lot of people who believe in radio, I mean, I thought that price was crazy. When they, I'm like, why would they do that when they know it's declining? Yeah. And when somebody like CBS is like, you know what? We don't want to be in this anymore. <laughs> but it's really awesome. And you should pay a bullet <laughs> right. of money for it. Like, you know, come on, man. You know, why are you getting rid of it? Yeah. Why are you, why are you getting rid of it? Like, what's going on? Like, wh why is the juice not worth the squeeze for you? You know, as we have previously, it goes on to say, as we have previously stated, we intend to do, we've initiated discussions with our lenders to refinance the debt, blah, blah, blah. Odyssey warned in May 10, in a May 10 Q filing, that challenging the macroeconomic conditions such as interest rates and soft advertising revenue had created significant uncertainty in operations. Now, soft advertising revenue, different than a soft advertising market, right? Yeah. They do have soft advertising revenue. Yeah. They do. And that's because a lot of people have left the platform as far as advertisers are concerned. Yeah. Field said that during the earnings call that Odyssey banks have historically been willing to amend covenants to provide relief during recessionary periods, but added there can be no assurance that the banks would do so in these negotiations. Brent, what does that mean to you, that sentence that I just Say said? Say that again, because I was writing down a note for another episode. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So Field said during the earnings call that Odyssey's banks mm -hmm. have historically been willing to amend covenants to provide relief during recessionary periods, mm -hmm. but added there can be no assurance that the banks would do so in these negotiations. In other words, they may not take it as, oh, this is just a recession and when the recession's over, you're good to go again like you have in the past. Hey, dude, maybe the problem's not the recession. Maybe the problem's you, Right. That's yeah. I mean, why? Why would they print this? Why would they say that if they if the banks really believed that this is some kind of a hiccup, what they've done in the past? This is now I'm going to break this down in plain English. What they've done in the past, say, hey, yeah, we'll restructure this so your payments are lower to make sure that, you know, we're, we don't want to be a parasite that kills the host. Right. Right. Like we want you to pay back this debt. We know the money's going to come back because that's how the banks make their money. That's how the banks make their money is people paying the interest on the debt. They don't want to own all these radio stations. Exactly. They want to, the debt checks coming in. They want the interest payments coming in. Exactly right. And so they're saying, hey, we're going to make this lower for mm -hmm. you and give you a break. And then when the soft market bounces back up again and then advertising, we'll renegotiate again. And we just want to make sure that your cash flow can handle the servicing the debt, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's what it is. But now all of a sudden they're saying, we can't assure that this is going to happen. So what that means is they're not sure. <laughs> they're yeah. not sure of the future of Odyssey. Mm -hmm. They're not sure of the future of one third of the radio stations in the United States, their ability to pay back this debt, right? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Uh, a weak advertising market has required Odyssey and other radio companies. I'll say that again. A weak advertising market has required Odyssey and other radio companies to cut costs, sell non-core assets, and lay off some employees. Odyssey's first quarter net revenue of $259 million was down 5.7% year-over-year and 16% lower than the same period in 2019. The downturn only amplifies the strain of Odyssey's debt load. The number one issue is too much debt in a secular declining industry. Mm. Right. So there is an art in business, guys, like big corporations. It's, it's usually the, the visionaries that start this company, right? Like CBS started CBS radio in 1927. Mm -hmm. These were visionaries that built this up and they become public companies and they're making money. And then when it starts to decline, when the industry starts to decline, what happens is a bunch of bean counters come in to that are experts at maintaining a profit on a huge company, on a huge industry like that as it's as, as the sun is setting, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's when crazy stuff happens. Now it's not fun anymore. The, the, at that point, the visionaries are out because they don't want to be a part of it, right? It tears them apart. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is the writing on the wall right here. That's a, this is a secular declining industry. That's, wow. Boom, hit you right over the head. Yeah. Most of Odyssey's 1.8 billion long-term debt came from its 2017 merger with CBS Radio. The deal increased Odyssey's revenue more than fourfold, but also increased its debt from 468 million at the end of 2016 to 1.86 billion at the end of 2017. Mm. So that's guys, that's like wow. I mean, follow the money. Right. Yeah. Forget about what people are saying in the industry. Forget about what people are saying about radio. I've got a dear friend of mine out with that's been first quarter of this year, first half of this year really has been back and forth going out with a label artist as his, what do you call it? Utility okay, guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So he goes out with a, you know, he's a player and, and sings background vocals and all this stuff. And, and they're on radio tour, right? They're trying to get the PDs to get the song on the radio and this buddy of mine, I've been having conversations like this for years with him, really super sharp guy, really talented dude. And I mean, just a few months ago, he calls me from, well, I guess it was back in February. He calls me from the road and he's like, dude, I know that, you know, and he calls me like at eight 30 in the morning. Strange for him to call me that <laughs> yeah, early. But right? on radio tour, and, you're and, up. <laughs> yeah, he's up. On, that's right. He just got done with a freaking morning <laughs> right. show. 
in Detroit and he's like, dude, everything you're saying is right. I know you know this, but I'm telling you, he's like, everybody is like, it's real dark. Mm. Like the energy is real dark in here, man. Everybody's real sad in the eyes. They're doing three times the work with one third, one third of the staff mm. is they're down to one third of the staff doing three times the work. So it's a skeleton crew that still has to do all the work that requires the radio station to operate and for half the pay. They've also had their pay cut. And everybody's like, they just opened up to the artist and, and my buddy, the utility guy. And it's like, man, we don't know cost a million dollars a month to keep the lights on in this radio yeah. station. We don't know how much longer this is going to last. <sighs> like it might be a couple of years and then they're just going to go under. Right. Yeah. Because money talks and bullshit walks. Yeah. I mean, it's that's, that's the deal. So I just started doing some looking around on different stats for radio consumption. And this was kind of exacerbated too. like last night I was at the freak show and there's this really amazing artist that our mutual friend, Chad mm -hmm. Wilson, your co-writer on Mackenzie's current release, current release had been mentoring right and working with mm -hmm. and this girl like super friggin talented and we know her uh, janelle and i know her really well we know her family really well they're sweet people she's very young but she's i think she's maybe 19 or 20 or something really really good and she's getting a lot of buzz man hmm. a lot of buzz and they're getting a little overwhelmed and we were just kind of having a conversation last night because she had some kind of like minor record deal and it went sideways and i think she was kind of processing that a little bit again she's young it's her first rodeo right so i just had this heart-to-heart -heart talk with her last night and i was like look what happened with the deal and she's like well we got out of it and i was like do you realize how lucky you are <laughs> yeah right that you were able to get out of the deal and you weren't just put on ice and the label didn't say well go find a lawyer and yeah figure out your own and pay to get out of it yourself right yeah because that happens to i mean brand how many artists too many they don't want to deal with it, right? Yeah. They'll just let you sit on the shelf, right? And in a way, it's it's also kind of inventory control. Well, we don't want to let you go because if you go get signed by our competitor and they put you on the radio you now, compete against you. you're yeah. knocking the person we are putting the money behind out of the mm -hmm. running, right? So it becomes like that. And the conversation, where I just really, I, I think at the end, I could see like relief in her face. I was like, look, you got this. You know, the hardest thing to do is get buzz. You got buzz. You just got a lot of buzz in this town. And so they're going to come in. We're going to have a meeting and just kind of talk about what to do. But I've had a couple of artists that have been Daredevil artists that have skyrocketed into record deals. Mm -hmm. And you don't know about them yet. Yeah. Why? Because it's so the outliers now are breaking on radio. Yeah. Right. I told them and we've had an episode like this way back when I can't remember when, but like. <laughs> It's astonishing to go to Wikipedia and just type in like debut records in any given year from the 80s or the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And it'll tell you every single record that came out that was the debut record from an artist on Wikipedia. You can find it. And across all genres, and you know the names, and there's boatloads of them, mm -hmm. boatloads of them. And even if you don't listen to that music, like you know who that is, right? Yeah. And then you got to think about, okay, in the last five years, like what artists have broke on radio? I know Morgan Wallen did. Uh -huh. I know Billie Eilish did. There are artists out there that have done it, but it's like now we got to scratch our heads and really do some research to find out who broke yeah. and on radio because that launching pad is gone. But my point in all of this, you guys, is that the industry 
does not want to deal like this is the human condition okay they don't want to deal with the y2k they don't want to deal with the demise of their identity mm-hmm. right like if there's a brand new way to break and i mean i've had these conversations with digital marketing where i'm at labels and they're like i know i know that even if i convince one person with a lot of power at that label that as soon as this trickles down and gets to the radio promo department i'm probably going to be banned from the building right like <laughs> right yeah they don't want that to work right right because then it means that they don't have a job anymore and guess mm-hmm. what they got kids in school that are going to college they got mortgage payments they got car payments mm-hmm. and this is what they know how to do and this is what they're really good at and they are really good yeah. at it it's not their fault that radio's dying i mean it's not it's that's not the promo right. team's fault that's right and you know what and from their perspective I mean, that's what's interesting from 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 a, a record label's perspective still costs the same amount of money to get that song on P1 radio. Right. Mm-hmm. And they know that all this money's and there's a lot of record deals that involve some kind of piece of the publishing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. For the sure. 360 yeah. deal. You'd say that's fair. So they know. The payouts are still the same. Yeah. Right. The payouts, the cost to promote it on the radio hasn't changed. And the money, the the ROI on the publishing has not changed. Mm -hmm. So do you see how it can get muddy? Do you see how it can be confusing for them? Like it's easy to support the narrative in their head because the most important things to them, the money going out and the money coming in hasn't changed. Yeah. But in radio it has because there's not enough people listening. Yeah. So that's what I want you guys to be acutely aware of. So then dig this, Hypebot. This is an article in Hypebot from, I'm looking for the, this is from 2019. Okay. Okay. So four years ago. Four years ago, studies show rapid decline in radio listening globally. Broadcast radio is still one of the most used sources of media and a top vehicle for music discovery but it won't maintain this top spot for long if the current trend holds according to two major listenership studies, right? It had to happen sooner or later, despite hopeful numbers thrown around by the radio industry. It appears that digital infotainment consumption is catching up with radio in the one place that it thought it was safe, the automobile, right? Mm, Yep. A new study by strategy analytics has found that the usage is in fast decline, quote unquote, fast decline across the US, Europe, and China. The study found that new car buyers are sending mixed signals regarding whether a radio is even necessary in a new vehicle. Mm -hmm. This comes on the back of streaming media showing a remarkable surge in usage and interest in regards to media played on portable devices in the car. That study dovetails with the one from New York University that provides a grim outlook for radio over the next 10 years. The report finds that traditional radio has failed to engage with Generation Z, people born after 1995, and its influence and relevance will continue to decline unless it reinvents itself. Mm -hmm. The report found that Gen Z is projected to account for 40% of the consumer market by 2020. That's three years ago. Mm -hmm. And they have shown little interest in traditional media like radio, having grown up in a demand consumption society. Mm -hmm. 
right? It also found out that there's been a massive drop-off in radio being used as a music discovery tool with the most significant decline coming from teens age 13 and up. Among 12 to 24-year-olds who find music discovery important, AM, FM radio, 50% becomes less influential, trailing YouTube 80%, Spotify 59%, and Pandora 53%. 12 to 24-year-olds are using YouTube, 80% of them are using YouTube to discover music. Yeah. 60% are using Spotify and Pandora's 53%. Radio is 50%. The writing seems to be on the wall here. Young people are voting against radio with their non-consumption and the situation will only grow worse as they grow older. And who can blame them? Being used to an on-demand world makes linear entertainment feel old and frustrating. To your point, Brent, and this is the last line in this article, having to wade through six and seven minutes of commercial blocks is enough to have anyone, regardless of the age group, turn to something more user-friendly. Yeah, there you go. So there's a lot of talented artists, indie artists that listen to this podcast, and they are going to rock it very quickly to the point where they're going to be dealing with the upper echelon of indie industry professionals, right? And you're humble and you're kind and you're good people and you're going to have your hat in your hand and you're going to listen to these minds that want to guide you and want to mentor you. And you should mm -hmm. listen to them. There's a lot of amazing information that will change your life forever. But when they start to talk about radio, you need to filter this information and put it in the appropriate compartment. Yeah. They don't need to care about the demise of radio because you know what again the payouts are still the same yeah right so if for all the songs that they've had on the air and that they're still getting money on right it all works for them and maybe they've got another 10 years in this business mm -hmm. and then they're going to be retired and they're going to be done and they're over yeah. right and so they don't have the time to adapt they don't have the time to retool everything mm -hmm. in the way that they think because you know what like radio is still alive today and that's all i need to know yeah but if a company like odyssey who owns one third of all the primary market radio stations in the united states closes up shop i don't know maybe that's gonna exacerbate their retirement <laughs> right right yeah but if they've blown your whole budget mm-hmm as a new artist on a record deal on radio mm -hmm. and it's not working, right? It's just not working anymore. Then what are you going to do? Right. You know, because their outlook and what makes sense for them is different than your outlook and what makes sense for you. And they're not doing anything malicious. They're not going to screw you on purpose, right? Yeah. They're not trying to be evil. They're not trying to be mean, but this is what they know and they're not going to change. Mm -hmm. But you need to know that what they know about radio and the way that they're set in their ways on radio, it's a miracle if you're talking to somebody that comes to you that's that high up in the industry saying, hey, look, we got this other way to do this digitally. Let's not spend any money on radio mm -hmm. until you're a big enough brand. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Because that way you come to radio with position of strength. You already got the buzz. You got stuff going on. You're already making income. Yeah. And you can be more of a priority at the label. Yeah. Because that's the thing. They, they can't get everyone all the same. You know, it used to be like they said, the kiss of death was being on Garth Brooks' label. Right. Because he got all the 
all the attention, sucked all the oxygen out of the room, and like nobody else was really blowing up over there. That kind of stuff back in the day. Yeah. And so same thing. You're going to have your superstar that's going to get the attention, get the bulk of it. Same thing like at a publishing company. You may be the newbie, has talent, but if you have a superstar rock star songwriter there, everyone wants to hear their songs. Everyone wants to set their writers up with that writer. And you're kind of, they're trying to promote you going, hey, what about this? We got this other guy, this other girl over here that's good. They're new. Uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> how about so-and-so, the rock star? Uh, okay. You know, he's busy. Can you write with this person instead? Same thing at the label, trying to get a radio. There's only so many slots. Mm-hmm. So the more you can build your leverage, hello, yep. then the more you can come in. And if nothing else, go, you know what? We're going to do all the above strategy or we're not doing this. That means you're going to hit digital hard and I'm going to be very involved in that. And yes, plus radio, but we're not doing just radio. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, ugh, like it's just, it's so frustrating because it's very nuanced, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the bottom line, guys. Like a lot of you are, you know, you dream about that record deal, right? Because you don't have any money mm-hmm. or you don't have enough money right. to break yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need some capital investment. When somebody's willing to come in and do that because of your talent, mm-hmm. right? That feels yep. good. It should feel mm-hmm. good. God bless you. But even though it's their money, it's still your business. Yes. I think about I think about the story of Jewel, mm-hmm. right? Where where they're like, hey, we're going to offer you this like a million dollar advance and we're going to do this. And everybody was so hot to sign her when she got signed. And she was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> and she was living in her car at the time. Okay. Yeah. So like a hamburger would have felt like really good. <laughs> and they're like, oh, throwing seven figures at her. And she's like, no, you know what? I don't want that advance, but I want a better deal on the back mm-hmm. end of my record because she understood it was her business. Yeah. And guys, this is why we called it the climb, CLIME, creating leverage in the music business. I want you to be at that table negotiating and negotiating. Yes. Right? Saying, hold on. Like, this is the way I want to do this, right? Chain smokers broke digitally, picked their record label because they had a lot of offers because Selfie blew up so, so big. But they, mm-hmm. they picked their record label not based on the most financially advantageous contract. It was like, here's the one where the top guy promised to keep everybody else out of their way because they knew that they're going to, we're going to release every single song on a record digitally that comes out every six weeks. Mm -hmm. And the radio promo department is going to crap a purple Twinkie (laughs) when they hear that. They're like, "Uh uh-uh, you cannot do that. That is not the way we do these things. You cannot make the, uh -uh." uh-uh, you know what I mean? And and they knew it was going to be a fight and they knew that they couldn't fight without the big dog coming in and saying, leave him alone. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's negotiating, that's leverage, that's power. And look at where the chain smokers are today. They have brilliantly, they've just done a brilliant job in what you could, could say would be like a hostile situation, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they're breaking in spite of the label's efforts, <laughs> right? Like, and, and the label, the guy at the top understood it. And he's like, I'll keep everybody out of the way for you, yeah. you know, and I'll, but th- that wasn't pleasant. And they weren't happy about it. And every time the Chainsmokers have another million streams, it makes the radio department look bad mm-hmm. because they didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. So these are real dynamics within a corporation. The record label is a corporation. And I don't think they can adapt at all. I don't think they're going to adapt before the end comes. If I mean, I've just had too many meetings at labels where they're just like, wow, you know, so you're going to make, if this works, you're going to make some people look really bad in this building. Yeah. 
And it's like, yep. And then I, I was thinking about that, like prideful that he said. I'm like, you're right. Let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know I can do this. But then thinking about it from the position of the head of the label. Like, oh. Right? Or the VP of A&R. Like, wow, dude. No, it's going to cause a mutiny for you. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're telling people, no, you know what? We're just not going to use the radio department on this. Like, <laughs> we're going to go a different direction with this other guy that's not even hired at the freaking company to do this. And then all of a sudden, you're life is going to be miserable mm -hmm. at work and those people are going to begin to hate you because they're going to feel threatened that they're going to lose their jobs yeah you know so, so guys you got to steer the ship on this you really do you have to make sure that your team understands i get that you don't know exactly how to spend your money on digital uh -huh. and there's not this tried and true repeatable way of doing it but here's where the labels are right now i mean the last conversation i had with the label they were trying to do this because they had a great artist and they're three months away from spending two, 300 grand to put that artist on radio tour. Same artist, by the way, I'm talking to you about with the utility guy story I told you earlier. Mm -hmm. And they knew radio wasn't even going to talk to him yeah. because he didn't have enough going on digitally on Spotify or on his socials. So they're calling me. What can you do, Johnny? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, we can do X, Y, and Z. Okay. What should we spend on digital ads? I'm like, well, we've only got three months to try to get the numbers up. You should spend what you spend on terrestrial radio campaign, 30 to 50 grand a month. Well, that's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so like, just dig this, man, because of the way digital is, I was in a position to say, you know what? Like you don't have to bet that 50 grand a month and hope that it works. Yeah. Guarantee me $10,000. And let me show you how much we can move the needle with mm -hmm. 10,000. And if you like what's going on, then just be ready to let the rest of it go. Right. So this way, you know that it's working before you spend the big bucks. Cause we we're then talking about between 90 and $150,000 that they're going to spend in three months mm -hmm. on digital to get everything to where they wanted to get it so they could get that kid on radio. Yeah. And they ultimately said, no, we can't do. 10,000. And this is where I'm going to end the story right here. Okay. So the utility guy called me after that. Yeah. And, and he was like, holy crap, Johnny. Like, like a week and a half later, he's like, I can't believe they said no to that. But here's something that's going to make you want to vomit. They just signed a new female artist and they threw a birthday party for it. It cost 10 grand. Mm. So they're not spending any money on R&D to try to figure out how to create that repeatable pipeline yeah. and none of them are bringing the fundamentals of marketing to digital advertising right they're just literally spending a hundred grand on a digital campaign so they can tell the artist and the management like we tried it yeah eh, didn't work but let's go to break right so so guys like this is a crisis for you if you are at that position where you're going to have to have some tough conversations mm -hmm. with your mentors okay but once again, the Chinese word for crisis is made up of two characters. One is danger, which you feel uh -huh. if you're having to have a conversation with your mentor, but the other is opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so here's, here it is for you to say, you know what? We need to do something different because you're not going to have, they're not going to give you enough money and keep trying radio until it works. You're, it's the same cost as it was 20 years ago and you're going to run out of money and they're going to run out of hope for you mm -hmm. because it's not going to ha you're going to be lucky you're going to be it's like winning the lottery to break on radio now where as long as you got on radio you had a really good chance of breaking yeah. back in the day so put that into perspective guys and whoever's money it is 
It's your brand. It's your company. And don't forget it. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. So awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, to help get your head right on this, get that free PDF download if you haven't done it yet. Whoever owns the traffic rules the road. And that is at giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. It's absolutely free. Just go there. Tell me where to send it. Get the PDF download. It's going to break down how broadcast works and how digital works and the difference between the two and give you a really Get, start to get your head around how to honor this digital platform and how to apply the fundamentals that worked on radio when enough people were listening to digital, right? Because mm -hmm. the fundamentals are the same. The platform is different, okay? That's right. And that's it, man. It was to the end of another Killer Climb podcast episode. Don't forget... October 23rd, Monday, is the Lime first. Takeover of Live Oak. The venue is called Live Oak, and it's on Lime Takeover. Remembering Hill. Tonight. Yes. Yeah, I love that. You know what, and we should, you know what we're going to do? I just thought of this. Like, I'll bring, I got a rig I can bring in, and we will set up my camera, and we can broadcast live on the Climb community. Oh, that's cool. I know that they do a, I think they do a live feed, too, as well, from Live Oak. Well, I'll have to check into that. Yeah, I, if it's anything like the local, it blows. Like, <laughs> I've never just, watched it. I don't it's know. Just terrible. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking like we can probably set it up and get some some good sound with a shotgun oh, mic cool. and, and just do a live broadcast right to the Facebook group. I think that'd be neat. That'd be fun. And then everybody can archive it and go check it out when they want to. Nice. So that's it, guys. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.